Was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome, Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And welcome to episode 56. Yes, sir. And ma'am. And ma'am, okay? Uh, this is going to be called Pass the Baton. Moose said, I got the title. We already know what we're talking about. Um, we Let me give you the topics, though. We're talking about McDonald's and Kanye West. Elton John. Uh, the Marley family. And I was about to say Meek Mill, but not. Big Sean. <laughs> that was that was the last one. That was the last one. Um, Moose, how are we feeling about this episode? Hey, this is for all the ones who are big on generational wealth, right? Generational wealth, generational legacy, however you talk about it. Uh, this one for y'all. So tap in. Oh, let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens cut from a different cloth. Now, joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And you know what time it is. It is the review of the week. And this week. one says complete package. Nikki, which you spelled wrong, but I know what you meant. Nikki and Moose, along with the rest of the ooh, the podcast network that I can never say. Moose, how you say the podcast network? The resonance. There he is. The resonance. There it is. There you go. All right. Provide the information and energy that's needed in today's society. I'll keep it short. But keep putting out great content and information. Oh, thank you. We appreciate thank that. Thank you so much. You know what I mean? Shout yeah, out to love. all the people who leave us a review. Please leave a review. We read them. You have a chance to be on the Nikki and Moose podcast where we read it out loud. So leave a review. We pretty much put up all the reviews, to be honest with you. Um, so you could do that on Apple Podcasts pod chasers and salute and shout out to all our audio listeners and our viewers wherever you are watching this yeah man uh moose how are we feeling today i am pretty good uh i was uh in a in a big uh, tractor today for the first time so I, that that's a first for me i got to drive not drive but i was riding in the big tractor trailer small. so that kind of you looked very yeah. small. It was fun. Yeah, it was. I, I, yeah, never. So that, that, you know, an eventful first time thing, totally unexpected, but it happens. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. I ain't mad at that. Mm -hmm. New, new adventures yeah, in the tractor. Yeah. Whatever you, are you going to get one? Yeah, well, are you going to get one? No? No. No. Oh, no. Okay. I'd like to get a motorcycle. Huh? Yeah. Why? Well, I want to move and get a motorcycle. I think that would be fun. Move where? Because, I mean, if you live in New York, well, according to these weather lately, you could ride your motorcycle for a very long time. However, yeah. if it is the typical uh, New York vibe, it's not that yeah. many times you could drive it. I don't know. I know. I know. I know. Yeah, but I'm thinking maybe somewhere down south. Oh, he may be moving. <laughs> That was a hint. That's a hint, mm. people. Where should Moose move to? This should be a segment. Where should Moose move? Please put in the comments. Uh, Isaiah just clipped this real quick. Put the map or something and like Moose <laughs> in a little car and in a tractor. Me in a put in a tractor <laughs> and or a, a, motorcycle. And a, and a motorcycle helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just see me moving through the screen. You know? Yeah. <laughs> It happens. It happens. <laughs> that would be hilarious. If Isaiah could do that, I am done. I'm telling you. Because we've He's been trying dope. to I be like, what are we going to yeah. be doing? So, uh, yeah. Isaiah, if you can, 
him in a little bike all around the U.S., that would be hilarious. And we're going to post it, and y'all going to tell Moose where you guys want him to move. Yeah, I guess a city or state. <laughs> you never I'm know. just saying. I keep hearing, though, uh, Florida is the move. I, I, I keep hearing Florida's that. Florida's the vibe. Florida is the vibe. The vibe. Mm-hmm. Shout out to all our Florida uh, listeners. I'm still scared to go to Florida from a living standpoint. I've been very vocal about that. Um, I don't like hurricanes. No, mm. Not my thing. But right. that's okay. Uh, let's get into this episode. We are talking about first uh, Kanye West and McDonald's. Uh, Moose, Treat yourself. Yeah, yeah. Moose, start this off. Yeah, so this was pretty funny, man. I uh, I thought it was funny and brilliant at the same time. So getting ready for the show this week, and I'm kind of like, you know, scrolling through, looking at a few different sources. And I had seen this outfit on Kanye, and more importantly, his haircut. People have oh, kind of been bashing him for this wild haircut that he's had. But he walked into a McDonald's in Sweden, mm-hmm. and... Apparently, he ordered, you know, this unique order or whatnot or what you see up on the screen now. So McDonald's, someone obviously took a picture of him standing at the, the, the booth to order. And McDonald's kind of spun that as an ad mm-hmm. and literally played off of, you know, Ye's, I guess, visit to the store to make that a meal that is available for people. Right, so you see the ad there. Treat yourself. Describe right? describe yeah. the uh, the food to our audio listeners. So you're looking at uh, a, not a McFlurry. That's a McCafe, some form of frozen Fra- coffee drink, Frappuccino. which is actually one of my oh Frappuccino. Okay, great. It's one of my favorites too. Uh, we got the the infamous McDonald's fries, and it looks like uh, some form of beverage. Oh yeah, There's milkshake. The, the, it's a milkshake, it, nuggets. I don't know if that's a chicken sandwich. It, I'd laugh if his fish fillet. You know what I'm saying? Because of the oh song. Oh my god, no! Can't do it. Can't do it. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. Let me see. So can I uh, find it. Yeah. Me, keep talking. Let me see if I could find it because it was in that article. Well, they actually talked about what he ordered. Yeah. Oh, good. It's yeah, crazy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. Here it is. Here it is. But, I got I it. I mean, chicken chicken I'll sandwich. Chicken wings, chicken wings. They have chicken wings in Sweden or whatever? Okay. <laughs> Gotta um, go to Sweden McDonald's. Right, right. Chicken sandwich, chicken wings, fries, chocolate milkshake, frap, and dipping sauce, which mm. included the slogan, treat yay self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, he, he recently changed his official name to yay, no yes. longer Kanye. Yes, the judge allowed that. That name change. And I think for me, this is, I think this is genius because it's like a play off of just taking advantage of opportunity. If we have Mm -hmm. a celebrity, one of the most influential people of our time come into our McDonald's. Yeah. If, if we don't have to wait till it officially becomes a meal, like, uh, Travis Scott and Sweetie, we can make right. our own real quick, fast, in a hurry, and maybe just show love to him. But yeah, they're going to take advantage of that. I ain't mad at it. Absolutely. Take advantage of the Absolutely. opportunity. Now, I think. Uh, oh, go, go for it. No, go, go. No, no, go, go. Well, I was going to say, I, I'm definitely with that. I think it's brilliant because, for one, immediately my mind goes to the legal side. Yeah, this could be a legal battle. Yes. But at the same time, because they didn't make yay, like the word yay, uh, short for Kanye, whatever, a word by itself, they're really saying treat yourself, but spelled yay self, Y-E-S-E-L, elf, elf, elf. <laughs> for the uh, for our listeners there. But, you know, I think they protected themselves legally and they kind of made a joke out of it. Mm-hmm. Even if it, if it were to go down a battle of like some form of legal craziness, I think it'll still get the publicity that they want to kind of show like, hey, we are a big brand, but we can still move and shift and pivot real quick to take something that's hot and make something out of it. Now, this happened in Sweden. We hear about it here in the U.S., so I still think it's pretty clever. I won't be surprised if some super 
Kanye fans went to McDonald's and ordered that exact setup, you know, just as a way of being like, yo, well, you got that. So I'm about to treat myself. I see what you did there. <laughs> I see what you did there, sir. Okay. I'm about to treat myself. Yeah. All right. I see. Well, U.S. people couldn't do that because we don't have chicken. Well, I don't know. I haven't been in McDonald's. Oh, what about the chicken wings? Yeah. 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 I haven't been in McDonald's for a while. So I don't believe. No, but I haven't, I haven't been it. in McDonald's. So one of our um, listeners and viewers, please let us know. Uh, is there chicken wings in McDonald's? Because I promise you, I do not eat that. I don't. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. not happening. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. can't even play it. Yeah, there we go. Can't even play it. Um, so if you ever have a celebrity in your store, your restaurant, and, you know, a place of business, uh, mm -hmm. you know, do catch a little slogan of whatever they buy. And it could possibly, and make sure you take a picture on the low, like a little mm -hmm, B-roll mm -hmm. kind of picture. Boop. We need the proof. Right, 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 right. Yep, we need the proof. Um, and just create a quick campaign. Why not? Doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. Now, next one on the What's Poppin' phase is Sir Elton John came out with another album. Now, mm. Normally, it's not about the music, but this one caught me because he has Young Thug and Nicki Minaj on one song together, which oh, wow. I heard and I was like, okay, sir, you've been in this game for like 50 something years, not 20, 30, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 50 something years. His first success was 1968. Mm. First successful record, 1960. We're in 2021. What are yeah. we doing, sir? But um, I find this interesting because time and time again, we know Elton John, who, by the way, is worth $500 million. That is supposedly his net. Yeah, that's supposedly his net net worth. I'm not shocked. Like I said, my man has been super relevant for all these years. Okay, it, it, classics, uh, Hall of Famer. Like just he has his own resume. But what really, what I really wanted to speak about was how he collaborates and how he truly like stays very humble with the people who are new in the music biz, mm -hmm. right? And so mm -hmm. I was looking at an interview uh, of Elton John, Sir Elton John, I don't want to be disrespectful, right? I don't know how many times I'm supposed to say that. But um, I, was, I was watching an interview and the lady asked, look, every person that has come up to me to talk about you, they said, yo, Sir Elton John has, has called me, telling me how great my music is, like giving me praise. And they're like, yo, Elton John is up there. Like, how is mm. he, you know, talking to me? So I got the clip of explaining why he does that. And so many people paid me compliments at the early stages of my career on Riding with Bernie. And it gave me... Um, validity of the, what I was doing was good and I was so touched and it inspired me to continue and and I thought if these people who are my heroes like me then I'm, I must be doing good so I've learned from that and I think that whenever you hear something or whenever you see something whether it's a, a movie, a play, a dance, a photograph, a piece of mm -hmm. art you should phone that person up if it affects you because mm -hmm. They should be told because we're very shy as artists about telling each other how good they are. And it's just fantastic to, I've made so many friends from doing that. Mm. Mm. So for me, I think this is a humbling lesson because if somebody like as successful as Elton John, who doesn't even need to be relevant anymore with $500 million just chilling. I'm just saying, right? 
But if he, when he was getting big in the music industry, if his mentors, if people who looked up to him gave him flowers before the pretty much the public did, right? It's very rare to see that passed on. I think we're just in an era that it's not as common to give flowers, regardless if it's artists, entrepreneurs, nine to fivers, whatever it is. It's not that common that we see people give flowers. I think as we get super older, like, yeah, but he's been doing it through his whole career. Right. And I think that's one of the key parts of collaborating and staying relevant is I wouldn't say praise because that's just a really bold word, but giving people flowers while you see them doing something like amazing, calling them up, wanting to work with them when they already know like you're kind of a big deal. I think that's very smart for anybody of any business or brand. So this can create uh, the long game. This can make you relevant an extra five years if you, you know, reach out to a, a newer artist, possibly 10 years, depending on how their career goes, right? Because they say, oh, I work with Elton John or, oh, Elton John called me and now my mentor, you know, now their fans are like, who is Elton John, right? Of course, um, in, in the interview, the comparison of like, yo, what do you think of Little Nas X? And he was like, I love Little Nas X because of his creativity. Like, it is amazing to see somebody just be so bold and just stand true with who they are. You know, where... At this time, Lil Nas X is getting uh, mixed reviews. He is giving them, he's giving Lil Nas X the flowers. Like, it, it reminds me, like, he reminds me of me. So, yeah, of course, say what you want about him. He's bold and I respect that. And now with... Elton John dropping another album, collaborating with people like uh, Young Thug and Nicki Minaj. I don't think that was by coincidence. I think that was, I definitely need to tap in more with the urban community. Uh, I can't, I can't tap in no more with Stevie, right? I gotta, I gotta be more relevant. I gotta be more hip just for longevity, just for legacy, even though it's stamped, I do love what they're doing and why not do it with them? So I, I really, it makes me actually reach out. I think I reached out to three people today. Like, yo, I just want to praise you for what you're doing. They're like, what? what? Like one, uh, one person I checked up on was Q Quincy Harris. Mm. Shout out to, Q and the FAQ uh, podcast, right? Um, yeah. Just to check up, like, oh, I don't want nothing. I just see, he was like, yo, thank you. I've had a crazy week. Like, I really mm. appreciate it. And it's like, it. I didn't, that felt good. I'm like, yo, I need to do that a little bit more, whether you're above me or whether you're at the same level or whether you're just starting I need to reach out a bit more and just say, yo, I love what you've been yeah. doing. Do, do, do. And it's just, a, I can, I can see why he does it. I can see why he, mm -hmm. he that, that's uh, 1968 was his first success. Yeah, no, that's crazy. It's crazy. Why are we here? Why are we still here? I would chill. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I would I chill. Mean, yeah, no, I mean, true. He, I mean, he has a point, but, you know, and I think you you spoke on it pretty good this time too. Like the the concept of and and I think we covered it on on last week's podcast as well when we talked about uh, LeBron and Mav Carter. Yeah. You know, doing the, the the whole collab on their front too. 
You know, so the strategy of definitely going to a younger audience and extending the lifeline of your brand or what you call kind of longevity and future, I think is definitely a good move. But one of the principles that I want to talk about this time, which is slightly different mm -hmm. and it's probably more so traditional, but I think even to us as a new generation or millennials, however you want to speak to it, it's important for us to remember this idea of each one, teach one, mm. right? Like that was a big thing back in the day. Like it, it, it was a very traditional and historical concept or principle that when you make it out, it becomes your duty, your obligation to go back and pull others with you just like, you know, that you have done or walk that path or where you have come from. So I think the side that we should speak to this time is this concept of, yo, send the elevator back down, go back in, you know, help the next generation, give them the reassurance of they're going to be okay or, or help them avoid some of the mistakes that maybe you have made. So I think that's a really cool principle that has come from previous generations. And I think us as a new age or a new era of entrepreneurs, we need to do the same thing in being a little bit more intentional in going out and helping others, you know, those who are coming after us or whatever the case may be, those who might be stuck, those who are doing well, those who, and, and I like it because there's a level of humility that comes with what he's saying. Mm -hmm. He's saying, hey, like, I know you, everyone as an artist, they have this level of pride with them. Like, oh no, I'm not going to go and tell you, you inspired me, but there's that level of humility to it to come back and reach out to someone and say, man, I thank you for putting that together. Or thanks for sharing that. This actually helped. Or, this, it doesn't all have to be this idea of self-made because, you know, quite frankly, again, that, that's not entirely true. So yeah, I like, I like the mixture of both of those, you know, like the traditional piece to it and then the humility piece as well. Like I think both of those ingredients are necessary, you know, for us in this era. Big facts. Yeah. Well, a little quick what's popping on this week, you know what I mean? But uh, let's get to this uh, really good topic of pass the baton. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Moose, Moose, set this up. Yeah, so I, um, and, I, and I've, I've spoken about this podcast uh, a few times because I really appreciate what, what's happening on that front. Just um, one, of, uh, one of the guys that we connected with actually on a call, but of course a notable athlete, he's done a lot of great things, Brandon Marshall. And he's created House of Athlete and I Am Athlete podcast. So I've been watching their podcast from time to time, especially like if I see notable guests or some clips that they might share online that I like, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go actually watch this episode. So this most recent episode was what was with uh, Rowan Marley, who's Bob Marley's son, one of his children. And I'm watching and I'm listening and I was kind of shocked to hear this concept of when their father passed suddenly, uh, they had to really scramble to take over his rights. Right. And the whole conversation came up because he was sharing and he and his father loved soccer, right? But he was someone who played football. So that was kind of like, I guess, the, mm. the, the, the common interest that they had to bring him on the podcast. Right. So they were like, yo, how is it that you had to, you know, find money to go to school and make all these sacrifices to make it happen? when you're Bob Marley's son, right? Mm -hmm. Like we would think that that should have been already taken care of. And he started explaining the process that they had to go to, to take over their father's, you know, name and likeness and all that good stuff. So I'll kind of let the, the clip segue us, in, segue us into it. But uh, yeah, that's a, a definitely interesting lesson. All right. Able to buy our father's rights because when they sold it, they give the children the first, right, first rights of refusal. So we had, we had the money at the time, we, um, we brought up the money. So y'all had to go raise the money to we buy to the, we had to the publishing the rights back. The publishing rights and name and likeness, because mm. they were selling it. You know, the 80s, sure. um, Mike, uh, and so many others mm. offering to buy the publishing rights to, to your father's yeah, music, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And name, image, likeness. And we did it, we bought it. We the children. Can I ask what was the biggest you know, offer y'all got? I mean, $20 million at that time, $25 million. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Um, so you're talking some, what, 40 years ago or something like that? Yeah. That's a lot of money back then. Mm -hmm. but, oof. but I think f for me, 
Um, and let, let's start with this. I have no kids. I have an amazing mother who is about to pass down a lot of stuff to make sure that I'm good. And I know this because we've had conversations, right? Um, and clearly this is, I mean, when Bob Marley was alive, I mean, things are totally different now compared to before, right? But I still, how do I put this? One makes me really look at things because Bob Marley died suddenly, right? Mm -hmm. So with that, now you're putting your family in a situation which should have been theirs instantly, right? Um, and having conversations with my mom, it's like she has certain things in place. Like, okay, if I pass, and I'm one of those people that are like, I don't want to hear none of this. Don't don't talk to me about this. I can't. Like, there's some things I still have to do, but I feel like if I do them, that gives her reasons to pass. So I don't want to do them, right? Um, but she would always talk to me about, look, this is this house is going to be yours. This is the stuff that I have that is a hobby that's going to be yours. These like I don't want anything to happen. I'm going to the lawyers. I'm going and this is years before even a real concern of her passing. But her whole big deal was something can happen to me at any time. And I want to make sure you're good. And I'm like, I can respect that, but I don't want to hear nothing about this. Right. Nothing. Just, I'm an only child. I don't want to hear nothing about my mother passing. Right. But, you know, in situations like this, when you almost expect certain things to get passed down to the person's kids, and that's not really the case, and they literally have to buy back the rights, I think this is almost a wake-up call for anybody, pers people with kids and people who don't have kids, of understanding, like, yo, we got to get our stuff together. Like, we really got to look at things a little bit more serious um, because to give that up to a random person, like, that was a body of work That's that people still listen to to this day that has influential um, movements through not only, like, their country, but to the U.S. And you know, still inspires music right now. And to think that got, once he passed, given to whoever, right? Yeah, yeah. And they had to actually raise money to get it back, which is crazy to me because I don't think yeah. you would yeah. want kids to worry about that. I, I know oh, I'm sure. not sure. going to be worried about it, but, you know, now that I'm thinking, shoot, what do I have to have in place? And it's, it's, it's yeah. just a little eye opening. No, for sure. For sure. So like on that note, let me actually kind of break down this because I think this is a lesson for us, right? If you're at that age or not even at that age, this is something we all need to know, right? What does this even mean? Mm -hmm. So you notice when he's talking and, and breaking it down, he said, uh, rights of first refusal, mm -hmm. right? That, so that I actually looked up that term while we were prepping and I'm like, wait, what does that actually mean, right? So it says when discussing an estate, the term right of first refusal, it gives an interest of the buyer, the buyer to be the first party to be able to buy, you know, whatever is at stake, right? right? So that means that, in this case, his children, they had the first right. So even if they had the money, didn't have the money, they were the ones who had the first right. Before it can go on the market to anybody else, where maybe the record label can buy it, other business people can buy it, they had this to kind of protect them. So this was like that, that thing that gave them the opportunity. 
Mm-hmm. What's crazy is, and this is why you also got to be mindful of just the company you keep. When they went to some of these other people for help, they didn't want to lend them the money. They wanted to buy it. So mm-hmm. he mentioned Michael wanting to buy it. A few, yeah. so, a few of these other people want to buy it. So it's like in your time of need, even those who are closest to you, there is no guarantee that they're going to be like, oh, you know what? Yeah, let me help you out and secure your future by doing that. So I think for me, that was also a wake up call. Like, hey, when when push comes to shove and we're at the negotiation table doing business. Yeah. Don't be surprised when people treat your family members as business people. Now, you would hope somebody like Bob Marley. I mean, this guy was an an icon, a legend. Still to this day, I've watched multiple of his documentaries, love his music. I know deeply what he stood for. He's done free concerts at times when the country was literally on the verge of war to bring back peace and to help people not fight. So, like, the stuff that he represented, it's almost like, Damn, really? Like, because people would usually say, oh, that will only happen if, you know, your father, your family didn't really represent something. But now, hold up a second. Clearly, (laughs) my man had global impact throughout his lifetime, died at a relatively young age. There's no debate. So I think just for us, it's really a reminder and a lesson like, yo, not only do you got to have your stuff down packed in the bank, but also on paper and let your loved ones kind of know some of the rulings and the law that they might have to navigate in getting that stuff back. Because, you know, like you said, $20, $25 million 40 years ago might have seemed like a lot of money, but they would have had no legal right for anything Bob Marley related, not merchandise, not music, not nothing for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. So I think like when you really like put, start thinking about it, like, hold up, what do we have coming up? And I think he said that he has 10 other siblings like 10 other brothers and sisters so that's a that's a lot of you know mouths to feed and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so i don't know i think for me it was just really cool to kind of get a a quick little lesson on how that happened and even some of the the other living legends who you would think would do that philanthropy piece and say oh yeah for sure we'll help you out and loan you the money to buy your father's you know name and likeness that that isn't what necessarily happened it's on our backs to really put up for our own families and make sure they're in position to take over when we pass on because it's not a matter of of if, unfortunately, that's just the cycle of life. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate to to know that even maybe now that these record labels don't really care about the families because they look at artists as products. Straight up, yeah, absolutely, and absolutely, and that's just and, and that could be any industry. Like you, you have to, you have to worry about in that time frame. When it comes to death, you got to worry about self in that point. Mm-hmm. I'm and and, and yeah. the crazy thing, I'm not big on thinking about self too many times, but when it's all said and done, it's it's definitely not even a handful of people from a business standpoint that will make sure uh, when you die, you're good and your family are good. Cause I think we've heard multiple stories of when people pass the friends that they thought that was going to take care of the kids and the family and they all go ghost. Yeah. It's, it's rare. It's rare. I'll tell you that from experience is rare. Yeah. Whack. Whack! Couldn't even give the air horns. I, the air horns are celebration. I know, I know, I know. I didn't know. What you know, else it's, to it's do. a, it's it's one of those tough lessons to learn. But you know what? I think is is needed for us to talk about it, and and again, like really use this information as an opportunity for us to open our eyes and just and just make make like like make way with the truth. Like that's just the reality of of how some you know some situations go. So it's uh yeah, it's a good lesson for us to learn. Big facts. See, you can say that. Now I can celebrate. <laughs> now I can celebrate. Um, this next one uh, is is dear to my heart, and I appreciate that Moose gave this. Um, so Big Sean did a recent interview, uh, Hiking and Complex, right? Um, and 
pretty much spoke about his mental health and the theme of burnout. And that has mm -hmm. been a really huge, important part of my life as far as yeah. both mental yeah. health and experiencing burnout. So mm -hmm. um, this is what he had to say. The mentality, like where we come from, like you from Houston, right? Yes, sir. I'm from Detroit, so it's like when you come from cities like that, where it's rare for people to get a chance in life, especially when you black. The mentality is like, oh, you gotta stay on their necks. You gotta keep going, you gotta keep going. But I was burning myself out because even when I would put the work in in the studio and do what I had to do, it was like, even when I was out of there, I was still thinking about it. I wasn't really enjoying myself. I just was kind of like, it was always work. So, let me tell you this. Uh, burnout is a real situation. And especially in the environment that maybe some of us or maybe majority of us who are listening are in, it's, it's that grind, 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 uh, you know, sleep, uh, sleep is for suckers. Um, you know, uh, I'll sleep when I die kind of situation and just, just go on and go on. And you never really know when the end is even near. Right. And I had to sit back uh, probably a few months ago and really think about like, Yo, is is this really life? Like, is this... Where did I get this from? Where did I get this mentality of go, 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 come from? Because if, if we think about it, like, you're... It's only good for what? I'm not really sure what it's good for. Like... You grind and you get certain success. He said, yo, I had all the cars. I had the house in Beverly Hills. I had everything. Bought my mom a house. Everything. I got everything. Yeah. I was unhappy. Because I'm still going as hard, but I have everything. Now, it sucks that certain cultures or certain mindsets when you reach a certain success and maybe you coast a bit, then you're getting complacent, then you're getting comfortable, then you're like, but what are you, what are you grinding to do if you reached everything? Like at mm -hmm. what point will you enjoy what you have? At what point will you, um, you know, reflect on the things that's been done. Like it could cause so many, that kind of grind can not only mess with you mentally, but it messes with relationships as well, because now you don't have time for anything else. So yeah. you're going and you're, you're so concentrated on the career and the brand and the business. And that's what you're going for. And you kind of lose, uh, you lose track of just real life and what's happening in real life. And so now you're disconnected, which instantly makes you feel alone. Like no one else knows this grind. No one else knows what I'm going through. Well, because you just started to isolate yourself because you went from, okay, maybe I somewhat live a normal life or whatever normal is to you. Right. Mm -hmm. And then somewhere in your mind, you thought normal was comfortable and you thought normal was not for you. And so you started going, 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 going and creating your own world, which then isolates you from the people you may know. Now, sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing because, you know, you outgrow people. Right. Yeah. But. Doing that alone, just breaking that down, 
you have now become a low-key introvert. Low-key, right? By yourself, grinding, boom. And you can only connect with people who are grinding. Woo, 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 right? Now, so that made it to an even smaller, uh, smaller percentage of people, right? And mm-hmm. how do y'all mm-hmm. talk? Y'all, y'all grinding. Right. How do y'all talk? Where do, y- right. where do y'all talk right. at? I'm kind of confused, right? right? So yeah. it's, it's, I, I hear what he says. And it's funny because we hear that, oh, the rich people always say, you know, having all this money, they don't have the happiness and, but they're rich. Like if they were broke, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be saying that. But if it is a common theme, Time and time again, how ignorant are you going to continue to sound to say, well, let them be broke or that's because they have money. They could say that like, yo, it's a common thing when you get to a certain point of success. And it doesn't even it doesn't even have to deal with money. Sometimes when you deal with a certain kind of success. It's not all cracked up to be. At all. Mm -hmm. When is people going to believe that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And, you know, I think what's funny is that for some of us, the story we tell ourselves is, oh, I'm focused on my dream. Mm -hmm. When in reality, we're distracting ourselves from our destiny. There are two totally different things. All right. So like when oh, you're grinding first, first toward, all, you're not gonna speed past yeah, that. Like you didn't just say what you just said. <laughs> yep, that was good. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I'm like, man, as I think about it, it's like, oh, the stories we tell ourselves, we tell ourselves, oh, I'm working hard. I'm sacrificing. I'm doing all this stuff because, you know, like you said, work now, uh, sleep when I die, like all this. And it's, it's, it's true to some extent. Yeah, you need a level of sacrifice. You need to be on your game. You need to be on point. So the story that we tell ourselves we justify some of these unhealthy habits because we tell ourselves, no, but I'm doing it for the sake of my dream. Right. But I think when, when we become one-sided in our approach where we're just focused on the dream, what we miss out on is really figuring out who we are in the process. And that's that destiny part, right? Mm-hmm. So the only time ultimate happiness is achieved is when you have the dream and destiny, meaning like, I, I have accomplished, I have manifested the thing that I was after, but at the same time, I was also able to discover myself in the process. And I know that I have some of these material things. I have the, the money, the access, the relationship, all these things. But at the end of the day, I know that my value doesn't come from that. Now that's the principle behind it. We know that that's what it is, but when you get there, especially fast, or you're the first in your family to do it, we think that, oh, no, but that wouldn't be me. Like, that, that, that won't affect me. Until you get there, you can't speak to that experience. Mm-hmm. Like, to wake up one day and see that you got $100 million in the bank, and you're like, okay, hold up. But what, for yeah. some of us, it could, be, it could be a guilty feeling. Like, I can't tell you, every time I'm in a restaurant, because I'm someone who came from the hospitality industry, every time I'm in the restaurant, I have some level of remorse. Because I'm like, dang, I see so-and-so at a, you know, a, a waiter or a waitress or this or that. And I'm like, dang, that was me. Like, who, who am I trying to kid? Like, who am I trying to fool? I'm not going to fool myself. I know exactly what my upbringing was and kind of what type of experience I had to at least create a way out for me. So I still have some level of remorse. So I'm, I'm fortunate that there's still time to keep unraveling that, right, to work through those emotions. So I think that we got to really be careful with the stories that we tell ourselves because we can be so focused on the dream again, not ever really realizing that we're distracting ourselves from our destiny, which is that concept of figuring out who we are getting to the money and being okay with it because we know it doesn't define us. So it's a, it's an interesting dialogue, man. And it's uh, it's definitely easier said than done. Yeah, and, and from a being super transparent kind of vibe, um, just seeing firsthand what grinding so much can do like from a personal standpoint I've seen my dad like work so much that he wasn't even around you know Mm. and the the problem with that whole grinding thing not only from a yourself and a 
and a mental standpoint, you don't know how it affects others. Yeah. You know, you don't good, understand yeah. how by your presence being somewhere else, how it could affect the people who are closest to you. And so now it causes other issues for them, whether of doubt of, yo, do you not want to be around or, you know, uh, you know, almost feeling abandoned, like, yo, you left, like you rarely came around. And that's a deeper issue that people don't even realize. Like you may just see it from a surface level um, as far as the grind. And then now you're indirectly teaching people to do the same thing. And so here I am totally disconnected from my dad, but then I realized I gained the same grind and work ethic to where I even lost a marriage because of how much that I had grinded. And I really had mm. to look back and be like, yo, I am my father's child. The same thing that I was complaining so much about, I have become, and you have to really sit down and be like, that cycle has to be balanced. I wouldn't necessarily right. say stop because clearly there are goals to still be met and there still has to be a level of work ethic that has to be, you know, in place, but there has to be a better balance than grind, grind, grind. And people who don't understand will get lost. Like it, it's not once certain things happen, it's just not, it's not worth it. It's absolutely mm -hmm. not worth it. Not from a who you could affect and what it can do to your life. Personally, I, I said this and shout out to, to Sarah Lovestyle, who was on the, um, you know, who, who was on our podcast early. We had a conversation like the strongest people, what it looks like to be the strongest people on social media that have it all together business wise articles out, everything like that are probably crumbling personally, mm. probably. And we've seen it time and time again, whether it's female, male, doesn't matter. Um, and that cycle has to stop. Like there has to be a balance of, I work hard business wise and I work hard personal wise. And it in between makes me happy. But there is a right. disconnect and what we think will give us happiness, which is the money and the success, doesn't necessarily based off patterns that we've seen with people who do have it. So before you continue to kill yourself over and over and over again for what we've seen on TV and what we've seen some of our favorite celebrities and influencers get, really tap in and pay attention to their language Pay attention to how sometimes they go ghost and that's the balance that they have. Like we know Jay-Z and Beyonce go ghost multiple times. I believe they have great balance now, maybe before. Yeah. And there's always seasons, you know, there's seasons of I got to grind. I got to grind. Absolutely. Make that a season, literally, not a forever thing. Don't make that the long game. Make that a season. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good word. Yeah, because I, I know that, you know, you and I are not necessarily speaking to, hey, like, don't focus on your work or use this as an excuse to be okay. able to slack off. You know, that's not that's not the discussion, but it, I think it it's really a reminder, again, to work on yourself just as much as you work on your business, just as, you, as much as you work on your brand, because I think it, it's... It's not fun to get to a place seeing that other pieces of you are not ready enough to keep it, to keep you there, right? To maintain what you've worked so hard to, to accomplish. So, yeah, I mean, look, it's a, it's a serious discussion. And I think the more we speak on it, you know, prayfully, people can be more receptive to the idea and start to see like, okay, can I be trusted with the treasure? Like, can I be, can I, can I be the right person who, who I'm not getting what I want, not because I don't deserve it, not because... 
I'm not talented enough, but really because I just got some inner workings to do. Mm -hmm. And um, inst instead of being on the other side of it, like one of those people, and, and you know, and I, I think you and I spoke about it a, a few times, but I've, I've been saying a lot to a lot of my friends, like, yo, I'm actually really proud of Justin Bieber. And it's like, yo, really? Like, you're gonna say I, that? Yeah, you didn't have publicly? that. You didn't and have I'm that like, conversation with me. <laughs> no, but but I think I think for me, like, I'm watching his growth and his bounce back to yep. see someone. And, and he had a, a few documentaries out on, I think, YouTube, just to see how this man literally rose to fame so quick at 15, almost lost it all, and was able to gain back control. And most of his work was on himself, like. For him to kind of bounce back, it was self-work. It wasn't his voice. It wasn't his any of these other things that, you know, he needed to become famous or or known. It was working on himself, his spirituality, the whole nine. So for me, I'm like, yo, you, you got to respect that, you know, whether you appreciate the music or not. I definitely think he's one of those people that you got to appreciate for the way he's bounced back and is now carrying himself, you know, at a, at a very high and consistent level. Big facts. And, um, yeah, this is what I need everybody to do real quick, fast, in a hurry. Uh, go leave a review of what you thought of this episode. Go follow us at Nikki and Moose everywhere. Salute to all our YouTube uh, subscribers. We're almost at 3,000. Salute to all our Instagram. We're getting up to 4Gs. Um, so salute to everybody. Um, Tuesdays. YouTube, well, not even YouTube, our live show that we are still debating if we're going to make into an actual podcast or not. Uh, so that may be just some dialogue we're going to have. And make sure you listen to the after show. We're going to be talking about cancel culture on this next after show. So uh, all my Apple podcast listeners, please, 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 please. Subscribe to All Access Squad. You could try it out for free. You can listen to a whole bunch of after shows where you just get to know a little bit more about us and all that great stuff. But, Moose, final words. Yeah, I want to keep it simple this week and um, at the same time quote the late, great Nipsey Hussle. You know, in one of his songs, he says, before you run your race, you got to find your pace. So simple as that, man. Before you go out into the week, this upcoming week, before you go out there and just start scrambling things together, no, take a second and plan your week out.